Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Alsac St. Jude's annual holiday giving effort called Thanks and Giving is an iconic campaign featuring nearly 60 brands that last year raised $122 million for the Children's Hospital in partnership with major retailers including Best Buy, Domino's, Home Goods, and AutoZone, just to name a few. This year, retail looks much different thanks to COVID-19. In this episode of Cause Talk Radio, I speak with Rick Shadiak, president and CEO of Alsac St. Jude, about some of the innovative ways they've adapted this year's Thanksgiving program to accommodate things like social distancing in stores, curbside pickup, and e-commerce with their corporate partners. Rick shares how St. Jude prioritizes emerging technologies like augmented and virtual reality, as well as digital content and platforms like TikTok and Twitch. If you're a fan of -of point-of-sale fundraising like I am, you're not going to want to miss this episode because Rick is a significant leader in this space that will inspire you with his approach and perspectives. Well, hello, Rick. It's so nice to have you on Cause Talk Radio today. Thank you for having me, Megan. I'm looking forward to it. Last year, St. Jude's annual Thanksgiving campaign, which is an iconic point-of-sale fundraising campaign with corporate partners, raised more than $122 million with some major retailers, including Best Buy and Domino's, Home Goods, AutoZone, so many. So this year, shopping at retail looks maybe a little bit different due to this lovely pandemic. So I wonder if you could start us off today, Rick, by talking about some of the innovative ways that you've found to partner with retailers in store to continue to engage consumers who choose to do that in person this year. Yeah, it's going to be a different year, Megan, that's for sure. Oh my goodness. We're, we're excited about the challenge and we're, you know, we're humbled that our corporate partners have stayed with us through this entire uh, pandemic and then the ensuing global recession. Uh, and, and they've got a lot of other wonderful charities with, you know, demands on them or making demands on them. So it's been really heartwarming for, for us to be able to see that they wanted to stay engaged with us. We know it's going to look very, very different, and we know that foot traffic is going to be down. So we've had to adjust all of our strategies, and we've worked with each one of our partners because every partner is unique, right? So, yeah, we primarily have been a point-of-sale campaign, but now we've pivoted, and and, and we've tried to incorporate ourselves in the e-commerce chain as much as possible. Uh, We want to be part of that delivery and curbside pickup. Mm. of the equation as much as we possibly can. We've created unique partner collateral for all of our partners. So that's very tailored to them. And then, you know, in kind of true COVID fashion, since we all have to pay attention to like social distancing markings on floors and things like that, we've tried to incorporate our brand in the campaign and in, 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 in some of, in some of the, those kind of cool markings and, and signs around stores And then, you know, we do a lot with inserts. So we said, you know, you're going to be shipping a lot of stuff. Can we put something in the package that might direct people to us and using QR codes and things like that? So we've tried to be innovative and and we're cautiously optimistic. I love that. And I'm I'm so glad that you talked about some of those curbside things and the, did, did you do floor decals and some, like, did I read that? And like some dividers, plexiglass, branded divider, like you guys thought of everything. And I just, I think that's so 
um, unique. There's not that many nonprofits that are that um, forward thinking when it comes to what can we do to offer value to our corporate partners. So I love that you talked about all of that. What's happening specifically with curbside pickup? Because that's something I I didn't know specifically about. I didn't know about the inserts either. So thank you for sharing that. So there's an opportunity to make an ask at a curbside pickup, right? So while many times it can be contactless, there still is an opportunity to engage with an associate. You can drop something in the the package that's being picked up. So we're looking at it from a variety of perspectives. Mm. It can just, it can include as simple things as, as, as as signage. Uh, But, you know, if you think about packaging, okay, all you got to do is think about our wonderful friends at Domino's and, and, you know, they've incorporated us on on their Domino's pizza boxes for a while, but now they put augmented reality there. So we've got patient art that comes to life. Um, So you you just try to think of creative things like that, where you can actually bring your charity, your mission into the homes of people. So they're going to open up that package when they get back, you know, from, from one of our corporate partners. And then there's a little bit of information or a cool experience that reminds them about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Yeah, and I definitely want to dig into some of those things, and I'm glad that you brought that up. But um, it's it, you're right that online offline connection I think is really important right now. You know, we're all on Zoom. You and I are looking at each other on Zoom right now. Everyone's getting a little tired of that, so having that tangible piece I think is really interesting. Um, so let's talk about online for a minute, though, because I know in the past, so just generally with point of sale fundraising. Typically, that happens in store, like you were saying, with a consumer point of sale. They're checking out at the checkout. They're asked if they want to donate a dollar. Fantastic. You know, millions and millions of dollars are raised that way. Um, I, I know that for many nonprofit organizations, they've had a hard time getting their corporate partners to incorporate online asks during that same campaign period um, or even like in-app asks. But I know that you guys, for example, in the past with Best Buy have done those things. But I wonder if you could speak to how your corporate partners are leveraging online donations this year in new and different ways. Have you had other corporate partners outside of Best Buy that are are willing to expand to online? Have you seen any more traction there this year because of COVID? Yeah, look, I mean, pretty much every one of our partners um, that is engaged in, in e-commerce, and that's pretty much everybody at this point. Really? Um, are doing the best they can to incorporate us into the into the e-commerce process. Look, there, there, there are challenges. There's always a worry that people may abandon the transaction, right? They don't want that one extra step in their checkout. But here's the really cool thing. We, our partners are so amazing and they're so committed to St. Jude that they're willing to offer case studies to other, other partners of ours who may have that trepidation that the people are going to abandon. So Best Buy, Domino's. Domino's was the one that really pioneered this for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Domino's is a, is a technology company that sells pizza, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. what they are, they're a technology company that sells pizza. And, and they're able to prove to, to many, many of our partners that it actually can be additive and people don't mind uh, being asked. You know, Domino's is also incredible because they did something. Think about it, They say, you saved... 50 cents today, or you save 75 cents or $1.25 on your order, would you like to donate $1.75? Oh, that's fascinating. Really wonderful ideas like that. Uh, so th- that's the kind of innovative, creative thinking that our partners are engaging in. And then we can share those kind of best practices 
with other partners, and then I, I, they they then you know they they their 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 fears are relieved, and then all of a sudden they say, "Wow, this can actually work." So we've got lots of opportunity that way. I love that. And that's so powerful having one corporate partner being willing to share what's working for them with other corporate partners. So that is um, absolutely fascinating. We, I remember when I wrote Charity Checkout Champions a couple of years ago that the Domino's example was on there. And I remember, you know, Domino's, like you said, is a technology company that happens to sell pizza. They do so much trial and error. And one of the case examples that I used was that they had done some testing with the St. Jude. Like, is it better to have a picture on there or a logo? And so they, you know, A-B test absolutely everything. So it's great that they they take that lens for social impact as well. The, the coolest thing about Domino's, and we say this to our other partners too, is, is you know, and, and I, this is a good message to my sister charities or my sibling charities, be willing to be guinea pigs, be willing to be A-B tested, okay? Uh, you know, sometimes we come in and we say, look, we need you to make this ask for us, Okay. Let's let work with a partner and then do some testing and see what works best for both. Because if a, par- a partnership to truly work, it's got to be mutually beneficial, right? And we don't want to adversely impact, you know, the e-commerce transaction. We want it to be additive. So be willing to experiment. Don't go in with with a closed mind. Um, you know, assume you're going to be wrong. That's the way. I think that's the best way to learn. Assume you're going to be wrong and then and then learn. That's such a great message. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that sometimes we get sort of set in our ways, especially when it comes to point of sale. Um, So that message, especially right now, uh, to be flexible and to come to the table and be willing to, um, you know, work with your corporate partners in different ways is a really important one. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Did you have, so we've talked about, you know, it's a a tough year, it's a tough year for retail. Did you have any new Thanksgiving partners that kind of came out of the woodwork this year because of COVID and they were like, okay, we need, we want to do something to help. Like, did you have new partners? Yeah. You know, we, we, unfortunately we lost a few because we all, uh, you know, we're in the retail space and and we've been so appreciative for how long people have hung with us, despite all the the challenges that, 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 that exist in the retail space. But we brought on Denny's this year. We brought on FTD, uh, Olivella, you know, a, a direct-to-consumer brand. And, and you know, we're, we're working with Cameo right now. So these are exciting new partnerships that kind of, they're all very, very different than some of the more traditional, especially Cameo and Olivella. Uh, but we're excited about them and, and we're, we're going to see how they work. <laughs> Thank you uh, for, for sharing that. And we'll see how they come. But can you give us any updates how Thanksgiving is shaping up so far? We're recording this in early December, but can you, can you give us any sneak peek here? Yeah, look, I mean, we're off to a good start. It's not going to be the same kind of campaign as last year. We're not, you know, I don't want to blow smoke to anybody and and say that we expect to raise $122 million. We don't, Uh, but we're going to do our best and our partners are going to do their best uh, to navigate through this. We've received amazing um, information and and intel from Best Buy and Domino's, our two biggest partners right now. I know the AutoZone campaign is off to a fantastic uh, start. So it, it, people like that, that then that's a diff, that's a different approach because AutoZone is still they're fully open and, and and got a lot of foot traffic, whereas Best Buy is as is, is is very much e-commerce and and Domino's is predominantly e-commerce. So we're seeing some good things. You know, the partners have been amazing too, making because they've been willing to extend the campaign. They started early. 
okay? Uh, and, and we have reason to believe that they might stay with us even post-holiday to try to hit some milestones. So we're cautiously optimistic about that. And, you know, we, we, we've really been trying to work on engaging the associates because their sales associates are, are some of our best, best brand ambassadors, right? We don't have the luxury of them having as many interactions face-to-face with customers. Uh, but, you know, whether it's on the, on the phone with some of their call centers or whether it's the people that are delivering stuff to our cars, if we're, if we're going to curbside pickup, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, we're actually getting some traction that way. So, you know, look, we're going to do okay. And, and uh, we've got lots of other ways that we're engaging, not only with corporate partners, but with media to try to drive um, revenue. And, and, you know, we, we did an amazing live stream the other day on Giving Tuesday, which we can talk about. Uh, so you just have to try to use every tool in your toolkit this time of year and all year, really, especially when you're in a pandemic, to try to mitigate as best you possibly can. I'm glad you brought that up because it it has really surprised me how much corporate folks that have existing nonprofit partnerships have been willing to extend their campaigns, do things differently, you know, maybe add that online ask this year when in the past they've been hesitant to because they feel like they've made a commitment to this charitable partner. And instead of being like, well, too bad, our sales are down. See ya. You know, they really, a lot of them are stepping forward to do that. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I do think that that's been one of the bright spots of this pandemic is just watching the commitment of these corporate folks to their nonprofit charities that, you know, they know that charities are hurting too. And so they want to make sure that they're pulling out all the stops to make sure that they can try to help meet their fundraising goals. So that's a great, great point. Um, We talked, you mentioned uh, augmented reality earlier about with Domino's. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the interesting things you've done with augmented and virtual reality? So what's happening with the Domino's box topper? Like, I don't know how I haven't seen this. My children go through a lot of Domino's pizza. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I haven't seen it. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, just, you know, it, it, it's something that we we learned uh, on our own. We, we, you know, we're the beneficiaries, thank God, of a great partnership with FedEx and the World Golf Championships. And, and we wanted to try to create as much kind of a, a, a feel on the golf course for what St. Jude is like. So we incorporated patient art where you can literally just hold your phone and scan over um, certain, you know, a, a QR code uh, symbol. And then literally patient art can come to life and you can see birds flying or wow. interact in art and things like that. Um, so it was cool. We also work with code crew on, on, on some of this augmented reality. So we went to our friends at Domino's and said, you guys put our names all over our logos, all over the box tops. You want to incorporate a little bit of patient art? And they said, sure, we'd love to incorporate a little bit of patient art. So you do things like that. And, you know, we, we've been very fortunate, Megan, to have a wonderful partnership with Facebook. Uh, Facebook and Oculus decided that they wanted uh, to do some some work with us. And we created this concept called the Hall of Heroes. Uh, and the heroes were our patients and, and, you know, using, using again, augmented reality, you were able to engage uh, with, with the heroes by putting headsets on and, and virtual reality with headsets on and things like that. So literally these statues would come to life and, and they would be our kids as superheroes because they are superheroes. Absolutely. For our superheroes. Um, and then, you know, we did some cool work with, with Google as well um, using Google Lens. So we do a lot of things in the fitness space. 
Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, one of the beautiful parts about our fitness program is it's really embraced by patients and patient families once they're well. Uh, and, and many of them form fundraising teams and they, they have T-shirts that they, uh, that, that they all wear when they, when they engage in that fitness activity. So uh, by using Google Lens, you could focus on the T-shirt and then the T-shirt would bring to life. So this is in a display. And then a T-shirt would bring to life the story of the patient. Okay? Oh, wow. It was a beautiful engagement. And, you know, there were only two other brands that had done anything like that with Google. And one was the NBA and the other was Netflix. So to be in that kind of company, um, you know, and, and our team to be able to pull that off with Google, again, speaks to uh, the amazing level of talent that we have at Alsac St. Jude and the, and the wonderful colleagues that I have the privilege of surrounding myself with that bring this to life every single day. Well, I think that's really unique about your organization because I think, um, you know, there are some nonprofit organizations that will embrace emerging technologies, but by and large, they get nervous about it. It ends up being really expensive. So how, like, how do you, how, what's your focus on emerging technology and how is your team staying apprised of all that? And have you prioritized that as a leader of the organization? I have absolutely prioritized it. I expect innovation from every seat at ALSAC. I mean, that's one, we, we have culture pillars and one of our culture pillars is innovation. So year people are, you know, their performance is evaluated based upon um, how they acted out on the culture pillars. And if you, you know, if you haven't demonstrated your ability to be innovative, your performance review is probably not going to be stellar. Uh, what, what we also do, Megan, and I'm really proud of the team for this is, is that we've asked to learn from the best. So we literally spend time days uh, at Facebook and, and at Google and at YouTube and at Amazon uh, and Expedia and companies like that and try to learn from them. And we pick their brains uh, and then we invite them and their executives to come to St. Jude to have a really unique experience at St. Jude. So we learn the best practices from the best and then, you know, we get together as a team and we decide what we want to incorporate into our culture and into our business practices, uh, not doing, you know, everything. You can't do everything. Right. And the other piece that we do is, is that we create some councils. I have a digital innovation advisory council hmm. that are made up of, of uh, chief digital officers of many really cool companies. And, and, and they get together four to six times a year and for free. They're volunteers and they offer advice to us. And it's a wonderful opportunity for me to bounce ideas off of them and, and make what I learned the most from these guys is what not to do. Yeah, you, that's you just as valuable, if not more. <laughs> exactly right. So what not to do, but to be able to bounce these kind of ideas and say, um, you know, what do you think? And, and and I love it because they challenge us. They they say, you know what, Rick, you guys are failing here. This is what you need to do. Mm. And I love people talk to me like that. And then, you know, because I'm I'm really competitive. So I say, I'm not gonna <laughs> fail anything. Okay. Uh, so we have some wonderful interplays and we learn a ton from them. Is it part of your partnership agreement that you have these information sharing trips where you'll go to Amazon or Google? Like, is that part of the formal agreement or is it just like, hey, Google, can we just drop by on Tuesday? How does that go? A little bit more like that. I mean, you know, yeah, we have formal <laughs> partnership agreements with them, but, uh, you know, I, I, we, we do wonderful kind of that intellectual capital exchange um, and, and they've been so open. You know, the same thing would be true with Domino's or Best Buy. I go to the, to the corporate partners. You know, Emily Callahan, our chief marketing officer, um, and a couple couple of other employees of mine. We go out intentionally to say thank you, uh, and then you know we say, hey, you guys got a few time, a few seconds. Can we can we 
chat about a few things, but there's also intentional engagement. Okay, well, speaking of digital activations, St. Jude is also really adept at leveraging emergent social and entertainment platforms like Twitch and TikTok. Can you talk a little bit about that? Do you have any corporate partner activations on those platforms? Yeah, well, you know, we, we're we very new on TikTok, but we've had incredible engagement on TikTok. And I've, I've, you know, I've been blown away at the videos and the video engagement that you get it's um, on TikTok. It is. It's like it's such an engaging platform and such a cool platform, and it puts us in you know in front of younger audiences and different demos than we would traditionally be in front of. So we're absolutely leveraging TikTok, and I you know I know the team is now working on a, a little donation badge on TikTok as well. So mm. so that's cool. So hopefully we'll be able to convert some of those interactions um, in, into actual donations to St. Jude. Um, and, and, you know, we've we've been able to leverage the Twitch platform for our gaming. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. Our gaming revenue over the course of a few years now is over $34 million. Wow. So you do gaming live streams yep. and things like that. Um, and, and uh, you know, we've been, we just got done with an incredible live stream on YouTube where we uh, actually took over the masthead and, and, and two influencers, um, really one, Matt Pat and his wife, Stephanie, they're Matt Pat plays some games, but he's a really, he's a personality. He's an amazing guy. Uh, and, and and they raised over $3 million on that live stream. Wow. Just to give you, yeah. And, 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 you know, we engage with people all over the world, not just the United States, right? Because of the nature of YouTube, right? Um, so we had wonderful global engagement. And, and again, from very, very different kind of demos. And uh, so that, you know, Megan, this is all about meeting people where they are. So you you want to have your brand, your charity, your mission in front of people. So don't just think through traditional channels. Think about where people are. People are on Facebook. People are watching YouTube, right? People are are going on to Twitch. And I'm, I'm sorry, going on to TikTok. And they're actually, you know, like they want to engage in, in beautiful video that makes you feel good. And they're going to play video games, right? So, you know, why might not? as well hit them while they're doing that <laughs> game, game for a reason, right? Game for a reason. So you do stuff like that. That's where people are. And we all need to look for those various places where people are uh, and choose to engage with our supporters that way. Well, and I think the St. Jude brand is so, so powerful so that, you know, you have that brand recognition that people can really you know, they really understand what it is when they see it. And you have a really amazing job of telling a compelling story. And that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about as well. I understand that you personally have uh, spearheaded a first class digital content shop, and that's been a priority for you. Can you talk a little bit about that? What what does that entail? How do you prioritize that? Yeah. So our brand is one of the most important resources, assets that we have, right? And we need to maintain it as being pristine. Uh, and again, just, just like with innovation, every person at ALSAC is responsible for our brand. So that's another thing mm. that your performance is, is also going to be evaluated against. So we're all brand ambassadors. We're all fundraisers. We all have to be innovators. Uh, and we all have to be people first as well. Uh, those are just a couple of our, our, our core kind of culture pillars and values. Uh, so we decided to become our own media publishing company. Uh, we have incredible content. 
Um, and, and, you know, we, we learned from our partners once again. Our partners told us that they were hungry for more content from St. Jude year-round outside some of the traditional kind of campaigns or programs that we may engage with them on. A perfect example is like we're in the throes of doing a lot of radiothons right now, right? And, and they're really, they're, they're one or two-day events, mostly two-day events. And our radio partners all said to us, don't you guys, we have, con- we want to get content all year round. So we want to tell your story all year round. You know, we, we do raffles like dream homes and things like that. That's a particular time of year when you engage with a TV station and they said, give us content year round. So we put together a group of people and, and we're blessed to have a studio in, in our building. And we said, let's produce, you know, the most compelling content that we can across every possible channel in an effort to meet people where they are offer that content up that we think is going to be engaging to our various supporters and tell the most important stories, uh, most compelling stories that we possibly can to get people to engage with our mission and also to make sure people know that there is that resource known as St. Jude Children's Research Hospital if, God forbid, their child is diagnosed with cancer. So it it, it, serves a lot of different purposes, Megan. We're a media publishing company. I love that you think of yourselves in that way and that you've prioritized that and put the resources behind it. Because again, that's something that not a lot of nonprofit organizations prioritize. So I I love that emphasis there. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. Can we talk about Amazon for a minute? You recently announced that St. Jude was the first Amazon Smile charity to reach the $10 million donation milestone through that program, which is incredible. I know they've given away millions of dollars, but most charities received like a tiny, tiny little fraction of that. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, your partnership with Amazon more broadly. Yeah, so we're very fortunate to have that partnership, and I was proud to announce that $10 million. Amazing. Congratulations. One of their executives. And, and it was, again, just cool to see the, the number of people that have chosen to select St. Jude as their charity of choice. I think it speaks to the, you know, again, the power of our brand, but also to the impact that people feel like they can have. This is another way, Megan, of simply meeting your supporters where they are, right? We're all going to shop on Amazon. You know, we're all going to shop a lot on Amazon. And, and <laughs> to Amazon for saying you can do good while you're shopping, right? And a percentage of those proceeds. Uh, but we've, we, you know, we've had a more robust partnership with Amazon as well. Uh, so, so, you know, Am- Amazon has sponsored several of our events in the Seattle area and in other places uh, with corporate donations. Amazon is intimately involved in our September uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Campaign and has chosen to go gold and incorporated St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in its boxes. Mm-hmm. Again, I saw that. Yeah, to bring our brand into people's, into people's homes. Um, so they're, they're, you know, we engage with their executives. Me and other members of my team have been to Amazon. We've learned from them. Um, they've come to they've come to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to see to see what we're like. So we do things regularly. I've been to their campus and, and spoken to their employees and things like that, and in, engaged in some of their forums that they conduct. They've just been a wonderful kind of all, all year round. A fully integrated partner. So, uh, but the Smiles campaign has been cool. You know, we also did, you know, you get, get an Alexa and you can make a voice donation too. That's right. Uh, and Amazon Pay, of course. So there's lots of different ways that we choose to engage with Amazon and Amazon chooses to engage with us. So we're very fortunate about that. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the evolution that you've personally seen with charities taking a little bit more of an active role in designing 
CSR initiatives with their corporate partners. Obviously, you're very forward thinking in a lot of different regards, but can you can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, th- this is something that that I'm passionate about. Um, and, and, you know, I, I want to really encourage all of my, my fellow um, siblings, CEOs in this space to, to do as much as we possibly can with, with respect with corporate partners. Look, um, we're, we're at a time right now where I think everyone is focused on purpose, whether we're individuals, you know, we're doing a lot of self-examination now about our why, okay? Companies also are doing a lot of examination about their corporate purpose or their why. We used to talk a lot about corporate social responsibility, but Megan, it really has changed a little bit. and It's become more about corporate social justice, okay, which is a, even a deeper integration of, of purpose into the culture and the way companies do business. Um, you know, some people don't like it when I talk about the business roundtable, but when, when, when the business roundtable came out and, 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 and talked about how, you know, we have to broaden the definition of, of what it means to be a successful company. We need to talk about, you know, a broader set of, 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 of stakeholders other than shareholder value. So it used to be just share increasing shareholder value. And now we're talking about, you know, stakeholders that will include the communities that all these business serves. Hence, you know, charities can come into play. How can this advance your company culture, so your people as well? And what we know is that with younger employees, millennials and Gen Z, but especially millennials who are going to be a major component of the workforce, they already are a major component. They are incredibly purpose-driven. They want to work for companies that do good. Well, the good is our charitable partnerships, okay, um, and, and those services that we can offer, um, the, the integration of their businesses with, with our missions, okay, and how you bring that, how you bring that to the fore as part of the corporate culture of these companies. And it really does require a full integration into the culture of these companies so that the employees are bought in and, and you know, then their customers as well. Customers will switch brands to support, you know, a company that actually is committed to purpose and doing good, especially if they're supporting a charity that, that aligns with their values. So it's good for business, but you're also doing good while you're doing good business. I love it. And so true. And I don't know why people don't like it when you talk about business roundtable. I think that's a fascinating progression because it just demonstrates at the CEO level that you have a, a shift in the winds as it relates to corporate social impact. It's not like a nice to do anymore. It's a have to do. Well, Megan, I think what happened was I, I wrote a little, I wrote an op-ed about this and, 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 you know, it, it's one thing to make a proclamation. It's another <laughs> thing to put it into action. Absolutely true. And, you know, I, 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 I just want to challenge us all to put it into action. This is a time in our lifetimes when people are suffering. Okay, they are hurting, whether you're hurting from the pandemic, whether you're hurting from the recession, or whether you're hurting from all the inequity that exists in the world today. And it exists. It's a reality. Okay, this is an opportunity for us to do good and to take action. Um, and, 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 you know, I just think that if we all come together at this point in time, we can really move the needle and we can lift more and more people up that need to be lifted up. And, you know, we can see a lot more light in all this darkness. So that's really my message. I want to make this actionable in the corporate world um, and, and, you know, in true partnership with the corporate world. Um, they help us. We help them, I hope, uh, and help their workforce and their customers. 
I cannot think of a better place to end this conversation than on those words, Rick. So thank you so much. It's been a true honor to speak with you. Um, and I will look forward to hearing more uh, about how Thanksgiving ends up doing this year. I'm sure it'll be phenomenal. And thank you again for your time, Rick. It was such a great pleasure. Privilege to be with you, Megan. Thank you. Happy holidays to you. 